Happy New Year, film fans. Welcome to 2021. It is a shiny new year filled with possibilities and hope. Whatever 2021 throws at us, I feel it couldn't be any worse than the year we just went through in 2020. So let's just, you know, get down to it here. Hang on, sorry guys. Do you hear that? No? What is that? I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure. Was there something there? Okay, look, I'm just going to take that again. Hang on. Let's just put 2020 behind us. Seriously, lads, are you not hearing that? Sounds fine on my end. I'm not I hearing think anything. I think I'm going... Right, don't laugh, right? But I'm hearing sounds like... Like, like sounds like a newborn baby crying. And it's just getting a little bit freaky. I don't know where this newborn baby is coming from. There is no newborn baby here. And you're not hearing this, no? There, just, there hearing, it is again. There it just is. Just hearing you and you and Ross as usual. So. Okay, it's getting louder. It's getting louder. Okay, uh, right. It is the real take. The first of 2021. Let's just roll titles. Sit down and grab a glass. Sinead Ross and I'll have made a podcast. It's the real take, breaking it down. Having fun and talking movies. Da 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 da. Talking movie. Yes, it is the real take the podcast by film fans for film fans. And no, I'm not going insane. I'm definitely not broody. But we are talking babies this episode because it's the birth of a brand new year. And Niall and Ross are here. How you doing, guys? Oh, happy new year. Happy new year. Sinead. Yes. I think we're all pregnant with emotion. <laughs> very, oh, very happy. What to say, think of that? Yeah. We're very happy to say goodbye to zero star reviewed 2020 Ooh. and hopefully five star 2021. It's looking, looking pretty optimistic. It is yeah. looking pretty optimistic. And you know... With a new year, as you say, a lot of hopes, dreams, possibilities, a lot of time where you kind of say to yourself, okay, this year I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to make a New Year's resolution. I'm going to be thinner, God damn it. Or, you know, I'm going to yeah. learn a new language. Have you guys any New Year's resolutions or are you just like, no, I'm not doing that? I've kind of resigned to the fact that every year I'm a slightly worse person and it only gets worse as I get older. So... <laughs> That's uh, and I think I agree with Ross there. I I think I have resigned. I have gone through so many New Years that I just know this is what you're with, baby. You got to work with this. Just you know, do the best yeah. you can. Do yeah, the best. This year's about this year's about just accepting myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, but you know, this is a good one to kick off on because you know every year you are reborn, you are revitalized, all of that sort of stuff. But um, mm. it is Niall's choice, which I'm a little bit worried about. Niall, are you feeling greedy at all? <laughs> no, just I think that, you know, at this time of year, we, we look at renewal. We look at uh, at the fact that the year is new and that it is a time for us to maybe look at what we could change about ourselves, what we, we can approve, what we can uh, pass on to the, the next generation. So that's why I thought that uh babies were a good topic for this first episode of 2021 
Yes, and there are lots of really great babies in uh, movies down through the years and all of that. And I think the way we've sorted this out, the way we've split this up is quite good. And it suits the people who are going to speak about these. (laughs) Because I think Ross, you know, is the young gullible guy. He thinks raising children is a barrel of laughs. You know, it's just so fitting for him. Uh, He's going to be discussing comedies uh, with babies as the focus. Whereas... You know, you're a bit more world weary, Niall. You just know that children is not all fun and games. Uh, now, no. I'm not sure it's as extreme as some of the movies you're going to discuss in the horror genre, but that's mm. kind of where you're going. You're going. Uh, I, being the only parent in the group here, feel like uh, somebody with practical experience. Yes, yes, life as you know it is over, and every day is a battle. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's best that I take the action genre for this one. Right, um, seems fitting. So it's quite fitting. So I think it's probably best to start off with hope and Sorry, but... a bit of optimism. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know when you do find Happy out New Year, that... everybody. Happy <laughs> yes, New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you do find out that you're pregnant, it is that kind of like, oh, my God, yes. Well, it can be or it can be like, oh, as well. But uh, I think it's good that uh, Ross is doing this. So he's going to talk about um, babies in uh, movies that are comedic. Isn't that right? Yeah. So it's really no surprise that there are a ton of comedy movies around pregnancy, childbirth and babies and all that sort of stuff. Because children, I suppose, by their very nature, they they throw characters' old lives into complete disarray. And um, they're just prime picking for some good laughs and perhaps a cautionary tale or two for would-be parents out there. Now, you do have lots of de- of uh, movies dealing with pregnancy, such as Knocked Up, What to Do When Seth Rogen Gets You Pregnant, <laughs> uh, Juno, What to Do When You're a Hipster Teenager and Michael Cera Gets You Pregnant, Nine Months, starring Julianne Moore and Hugh Grant. In this case, it's a movie about what to do when your career is in that awkward spot between Four Weddings and a Funeral and Nutting Hill. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what to expect when you're expecting a how-to guide to ham-fistedly shove a how-to guide into an ensemble cast comedy in the same vein as he's just not that into you. And then you have those movies where there are questions about who the father might be in the same vein as, say, Mamma Mia, but with children. You have uh, Three Men and a Baby, I suppose, is an obvious one that comes to mind, as well as a recent, recent film, Bridget Jones's Baby. And you have all the hijinks that go along with that. But then... You also have movies where people are living vastly different lives until a tragedy strikes and they find themselves the new caretakers of a baby. We saw this with Diane Keating. She did in 1987's Baby Boom. And Catherine Heigl from Knocked Up again returned to the genre, this time with a Josh Duhamel in 2010's Life As We Know It. Um, so I've never had kids, uh, nor have I ever been pregnant, a la Arnold Schwarzenegger in Junior. But... From the looks of it, Sinead, and you were the only person who's a parent here, it all seems like some pretty rambunctious, lighthearted fun. Uh, um, uh, can I just interject yeah. there? Because mm. I have three imaginary children. Oh, Tristan, right. okay. yeah, Tristan, Genevieve and Optimus Prime. Um, <laughs> they are looked after by the nanny. But any time I have to go to see a movie that is a children's movie, I take my imaginary children with me. So... Yes, I'm. I'm a parent you're as much as disqual- anyone else. Disqualified. You're just, you know. That's yeah, he's a nanny, so that helps. And the nanny, as in the nanny. The na- yes, the I say, 
Take them away and bring them back to me when their faces are clean. <laughs> That's what I say to my nanny. <laughs> yeah, listen, Who's also imaginary. Yeah. Yeah. So do these kind of do these kind of movies do they mirror real life in oh, any so, sort of accuracy? So much. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, do you know who mirrors real life in all of those that you spoke about? Who? Elizabeth Banks in What to Expect When You're Expecting. If you just go with her character, who is mm. the one that looks like shit. Uh, I think she shits herself on stage in, in oh. the film as well and uh, spends her entire time trying to feel and look good, then, yeah, she probably sums up. And in most cases, most people won't start off as good-looking as Elizabeth Banks, so it's only going to be downhill for her. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. let's be honest, the the, the, the uh, other uh, character in that, oh, Jeannie, she's the real model uh character in what to expect when you're expecting they can't think of what her actual name is she's always mm. kind of that person in uh, i think she's in just go with it as well isn't she um she basically sneezes and her child comes out like i mean seriously people that's not <laughs> do not follow her go to happens. the elizabeth banks character all the way right yeah they're the mothers on instagram and, and stuff can, that I, can I ask else. as somebody with practical experience yes because it's what painful. to expect when you're expecting is based on a very best-selling book. Yes, as which Ross is a said. Bible. That is a yeah. Bible. Yeah, and yeah. Um, as somebody who in my previous life used to work in a bookshop, mm. we had a lot of people come in and look for that book. So there are a lot of expectant mothers coming in looking for that book. Does the film bear any resemblance <laughs> to what no. the book... <laughs> No, well, to be again, you see the book. I think or the film is. I imagine Elizabeth Banks is the author of said book okay. because, in to be fair, that is a bible. And I'd say um, I must have bought this book a few times for various friends and just be like, right. read the book, read the book, um, because it really tells you pretty much everything about every stage from when you pee on a stick. To when the child pees on you. I mean, seriously. Okay. You know, it's all in there. So right. I like right. you know we we're not so a the book itself is advertising, is... but I'm gonna say yeah. get this. You book hardly itself, hardly recommend. Yeah, yeah and there's even so like a you... great section for dads in there as well. You see, oh, okay, very all. good. Yeah. But you would say that this is a accurate representation of what to expect when you're expecting the book is. Yes. But the film, Ross, is yeah. not. Is not. Yeah, no, I didn't think it was an adapted screenplay or anything. You know? <laughs> oh, no, I know, I know. I didn't think it was a documentary about motherhood, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the one I focus on, which seems like an idyllic version of um, pregnancy and, and children and all that, is Father of the Bride 2. Uh, that's a movie I cho chose for my first pick. It's from 1995. It's starring Steve Martin and Diane Keating. And it's a sequel, of course, to 1991's Father of the Bride. Uh, and a remake of 1951 film Father's Little Dividend, which is actually the sequel to the original Father of the Bride film released in 1950. I that was like a There's too many. Hang on. Wait, wait. Well, I can't. <laughs> you can, you can uh, get your head so around we, that. We, we, no, wait. We've got... Let me get this straight. We've got an original film called Ni Father of the Bride. In 1950. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then we've got a sequels. sequel to that. Called Father's Little Divid Dividend. All right. Yeah, and in and 1991, then we've got, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, okay. wait now. <laughs> then we've got a remake of the original film. Yes. Which is also called Father of the Bride. Yeah. Which is Steve Martin. And, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got a remake to that, which is not called Father, sorry, Father's Little Dividend. 
Yeah. Which we can see why they decided not to call it that. Yeah, it's not a catchy Because title. I can barely say it. Yeah. Um, And that's called Father of the Bride 2, which trips off the tongue much more trippingly. It does. It does indeed. Although this time he's not Father of the Bride, of course. No. Um, no, of course not. But um, yeah, so it's it set four years after the original. And George Banks, who's Steve Martin, he's walked his daughter down the aisle. And he's starting to look forward to a bit of peace and quiet. Um, but then he finds out he finds out that his daughter is pregnant, which kind of spurs this whole midlife crisis and some unfortunate hair dyeing. But it isn't long before this whole attitude flips 180 degrees because his wife, Nina, who's Diane Keating, uh, she starts experience, experiencing symptoms of what she thinks is the menopause. But she's yeah, she's wrong. <laughs> Again, so Neil unrealistic. Pop. Come on now, they are not having a baby that age. Not a chance. Yeah, she's. They're obviously way too. They're obviously. It'd be really, really, really rare for uh, parents as old as as Diane Keaton and Steve Martin, even in the early nineties when this yes. was made. The miracle yeah. of biology. I think yeah, none of us it. can know what. But um, but yeah, look, it does Steve Martin. Um, so his character does a one eighty. He goes from feeling too young to be a grandfather. For, for, to feeling too old to be a dad again um so yeah look it's it, it, it's a great movie movie a lot of the heart in it um comes from the, the the dual mother and daughter pregnancies um steve martin has a lot of laughs in there as well once again uh freaking out and uh, martin shorts uh, as frank he, he oh he's he fantastic he's yeah. brilliant yeah he was now, the you see, if i was pregnant right first of all in this scenario right if i was nina or not nina what's the daughter's name uh, whatever her name is, um, it, what the fuck is the daughter's name? Uh, Annie. 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 Oh, okay. Well, say, because it's Annie, so bland. Yes. That's why I don't know. <laughs> if I was Annie, we, in this nobody scenario, knows that name because it's so bland. It is bland, even though there's a movie about an adorable child called Annie. But anyway, um, <laughs> I yeah, if I was Annie in this scenario, I first of all, your mom's pregnant with you. What the frick is that about? Yeah. That's just mental. It's kind of stealing uh, your thunder as well, a little bit. Stealing your bloody thunder. That's what mm. I was coming for. Yeah. Then mm. it's roasting. The heat is thrown into the mix there, right? Rid- yeah. Disaster. Then you have two twits in Steve Ooh. Martin's character what? and Frank. What? Slapping about the place <laughs> like idiots. All you want them to do is just go away. Seriously. No. So you can't it, say I feel that. sorry for Annie in this entire scenario. Well, to be fair, in this movie, um, Annie and Nina play kind of bastions of sense you know whereas the men in the lot the men in the movie seem to be freaking out and not making any sense and not quite not quite uh being able to grasp their new realities the women are are um really solid as <laughs> solid as rocks and uh yeah it's really kind of up to them to to, to see sense and help help uh, steve martin's character see it but how can you not like frank you know he was the flamboyant wedding planner from the original movie <laughs> oh, he, um, he is the, he is the only character i remember member from that franchise yeah and he was kind of like so memorable from the first one they kind of Had they kind of brought found him back yeah. yeah in an inexplicable way because he's a wedding planner there's no wedding in the second movie <laughs> they so he somehow gets involved planning a baby shower or something like yeah. that. i think it was just it was obviously just an excuse room. he's an interior designer oh uh, yeah he's I think also whatever. i think it's the first time i heard of wedding planner as a job yeah yeah, as well. yeah. yeah. a very american over the top mm. kind of frivolity kind of a job we thought when we saw this back then and a good while before uh, planners good while before j-lo 
taken up that role yeah. and, and, and yeah. they run yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah look I, I just think it's a really great watch like it's it's oh, it's, it's not very obviously not very challenging it's just like a lovely sentimental hug of a movie really I think yeah and, uh, oh, it's very it's... charming I think, yes. isn't it and it's mm. made charming by the cast absolutely Steve Martin oh, John yeah. Keaton um uh, Martin Isn't Short Kieran Culkin in there as well Kieran Culkin's oh. in there as well yeah and I, I just wanted to play a quick scene um uh, and it's during I suppose one of George Banks numerous freaks out freak freak outs during the movie uh, but uh, he had uh, decided to sell their beautiful beautiful family home um but one day um as the movie's nearly coming to its conclusion he, he finds out it's due to be demolished demolished and um he pleads to buy it back from the developer he sold it to it's played by eugene levy i think um oh, right. and he pays an extortionate price to get it back but he's kind of recalling about what he loves about the house and why you can oh. destroy it and uh it's really really just a lovely scene and uh, it, it shows some of the warmth warmth and uh, uh warmth and kind of love in those movies and it it, it shows really why the house and father of the bride is probably one of the best houses in cinema oh, as well it's it's yeah. another it's character i think yeah to talk about how you know why the the film is charming and why it still appeals to us it's a character in the movie and here's the scene mr habib this is not a piece of land this is my home and i'm gonna be a father again and i don't want to bring my baby home from the hospital to a condo on the beach i want to drive down that street and i want to pull into this driveway and i want to honk my horn Hubby, and I wanna... on, yes yes okay i know <coughs> mr b please you see this pathway i laid these bricks with my own two I planted this grass. I I built this fence. I broke that window with a frisbee. I painted these shutters. Don't bulldoze my memories, man. I'm begging you. Sell me back my home. Yeah. I must watch those again. You never see them ah, now so on nice. TV. Watch, they're always on. So Are they? Right, I'm just yeah. never watching TV. Yeah, Sony classic movies or whatever. Like right. guaranteed on a Sunday at like four o'clock, it'll be on. No, a lot of the movies we're going to be talking about uh, on the podcast today, uh, a lot of them are kind of dealing with the parents of the children, like the parents are the main protagonists, and it's kind of how they deal with the baby being introduced in, into their lives. But I said I wanted to look at a few movies where the baby themselves is the lead character. Now, you probably already know about 1989's Look Who's Talking with John Travolta <laughs> and Kirstie movie. Alley. Brilliant movie brilliant movie and, it and had the, the, the sequel many sequels it had yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah it had that genius um genius stroke of having bruce willis as the voice of a baby do you know which is which is great and and you mentioned the sequels of course they re- reunited for the 1990 sequel look who's talking to which is still up there with one of the most clever names for a sequel ever <laughs> along with too fast too furious and <laughs> <laughs> um, i think um, that has two in place of two Yes, is, yeah, is great. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, Bruce Willis didn't come back for 1993's Look Who's Talking Now, but John Travolta did, so it kind of shows where their careers diverged. Dan Keaton, I think, as well. She is in that, as well yeah. as uh, Danny DeVito, as well. I think plays one of the voices of the of the the, the dogs in it. But um, the next time actually we'd see Bruce Willis and John Travolta 
share screen time after Look Who's Talking To would be Pulp Fiction. Wow, and that, is and that Bruce will yeah, he riddles Travolta with bullets in some type did of they, Oedipus um, complex. Get <laughs> shorty. Did they did were was that before Pulp Fiction oh, or at the same time? Oh actually yeah. you know I know what? he he was like a, a cameo in that. Oh, get shorty was the same year. I same year. It was around oh. the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the same year. It was 1995. And you know what? Danny DeVito's in that as well, strange enough. So that's why it's I like, brought it up. Yeah, it's like a look who's talking loving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but um, a movie, look, I really want to talk about. It, and it's one I really enjoyed watching. I remember watching it so much as a kid and it seemed to always be on. And I think it's kind of fallen off the radar or indeed maybe it never even appeared on the radar. But that is 1994's Baby... Baby's Day Out. Great movie. Um, oh, brilliant movie. Brilliant movie. My and kids it, it, love there, it. Well. There is a movie that does seem to show up every Sunday. Yes. On some kind of channel. Yeah. yeah and it's and but, I think it's great because the, the like it shows the baby in all sorts of, you know, uh, adventures. Peril and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Peril. Oh, I think what it shows is that babies shouldn't go uh, traveling on girders as buildings are being constructed <laughs> and, you know, just be out in the city when it's dangerous. Yeah, that's pretty solid advice. <laughs> and, you know, because it was it was written and produced um, by John Hughes, who, of course, is from Chicago. So the, the city is based in Chicago and you see the baby um the baby is um you know he's kind of escaping avoiding disaster and harm by mere inches and seconds um so the plot of the movie anyway for anyone who hasn't seen it it's it's um uh if it, it follows the exploit of a baby uh, it's a baby of a wealthy family who's kidnapped by three thieves uh joe montagna uh joe pantaliano and a very un-italian named brian haley and um <laughs> so the baby's able to he- escape but um as 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 Niall and Sinead were saying it kind of has adventures around Chicago being being chased by the bumbling kidnappers um so look it's very much uh it's very much the kid nonchalantly going around building sites and you know through tunnels and all that sort of stuff the zoo as well the zoo as well yes of course and uh of course no harm comes to the child at all whereas the thieves kind of go to uh, a home alone type treatment <laughs> throughout it um yeah, it I is sp- actually now that you mention it like it is very similar to home alone it, mm. it's like a live action comedy or, or sorry mm. li- live action cartoon yes. uh, every time i think about it like it is like you watch this baby just get into scrapes and just escape by the skin of its teeth but um it has a lot in common with home alone an awful lot in common and like what's just great though as well is there's there's actually you know there's a lot of fun there's an awful lot of laughs in it um you know but there's an awful lot of heart and really touching moments like when he goes to the um the old folks home yes that's i cry every time oh, he goes to lovely, the old folks it? home uh it's just lovely it really is i i it's one of those ones i must have seen it a bit oh easily 50 times i'd say because Darren absolutely loves it uh particularly when she's much younger and killian adores it now they just laugh at the baby and what the baby does and how the the bad guys get like you know splashed at the paint and the cement and all sorts of stuff they just think it's great oh yeah absolutely but i suppose this movie is what some people would consider a critical and commercial failure 
Um, like it only grossed about 16 and a half million against a 48 million dollar budget but sure look money's money and did we all enjoy it and wasn't it lovely <laughs> light-hearted bit of fun yes. and I, I think I'm glad to hear that kids uh, these days are still enjoying it because I think this is the kind of movie that would have appeal no matter you know no matter what generation it is because it's kind of universal and it, you know if you're young you should enjoy it I would imagine so yeah it's just one guy kind of dusted off from, from the past I just thought it was a really really great solid watch it's kind of probably Sunday morning viewing or something like that but yeah really nice touching movie and an adorable baby can we just say seriously? yes How a few, a few as opposed to actually. all the babies. ugly babies we'll be talking Listen, about there are some ugly ones out there now do you know what i mean right yeah you ha- like you have to be careful you know when you're okay. like complimenting people on their babies you're like that is not a nice looking baby he looks like wallace sean <laughs> oh my god oh yeah no this guy this little baby or babies yeah there's a couple was there twins or something they there was a, i think there's a few stunt babies brought in for the job now i'm <laughs> not sure what, train, what training was involved tell me they did not put a real baby in a building site come on <laughs> some reckless filmmaking um yeah no i think there's several babies involved i'm sure no babies were harmed in the filming of baby's day out though <laughs> Yeah. And uh, for my last movie then I, I went with a kind of a, a newer one A more up to date one And that was The Boss Baby from 2017 Oh great movie Yeah No babies good. were harmed in that certainly <laughs> No no It's no. CGI It is it is uh, And uh, it's basically it, it follows the story of seven year old Tim Templeton um, And he's surprised one day when an infant wearing a business suit Carrying a suitcase um, Arrives at his house via a taxi um, and the, the the baby's voiced by a gr- the gravelly tones of Alec Baldwin. It's so who, perfect in this. He, it's, it's perfect. It is unbelievably perfect. After Bruce Willis, I think he's my second baby voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Alec uh, Baldwin in- introduced himself as the boss. So Tim is obviously sus- suspicious of this uh, of this new arrival, and he tries to prove to his oblivious parents that this is no ordinary baby. Obviously, it's a bit of a riff on you know the sibling rivalry, the jealousy um, in houses. You know, if it's a lone an only child in particular, when it, when a new child is born. But I suppose in this case, little Tim is actually onto something as the boss baby is on a secret mission um, to take down the evil puppy co. Um, because as it turns out, there's a big competition between puppies and babies to win humans' affections. Um, that's really, it's really silly now that I said that out loud. It's totally ridiculous, but it yeah. works. Yeah, it's good. It, it, it they works. were just waiting for you to say it out loud, Ross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to realise it was silly. <laughs> yeah, but look, it's, it is it is silly, but it's really, really great, uh, great fun. It's great to hear Alec Baldwin as a baby. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll take a quick clip. There actually yeah. is a great scene, um, you know, the where he has Lamb Lamb. Uh, oh yeah was, <laughs> it's so funny and he's like Sinead is a big ba- boss baby fan oh I love yeah. it he's, she's like yeah. he's like uh, what's that lamb lamb you want an eye, eyebrow piercing <laughs> and he stapled some oh it's fucking brilliant it's so funny mom dad the baby can talk oh can he now wait how did you hand over the tape to me or lamb lamb gets it see no what's that lamb lamb Oh, you want a nose ring? Well, it's really not my scene, but who am I to judge? And an eyebrow ring. Seems like a little too much, Lamb Lamb. Ah! How's that going to look in a job interview? Stop it! The tape, Timmy, or I'm going to rip, 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 rip. (gasps) You let go. You let go. Give me the tape. Give me Lamb Lamb. (gasps) Whoops. Too far. 
Yes, I've seen that about 5,000 times as well. A I great totally movie. love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Well, you'd be um, happy to know, Sinead, there's, there's a sequel on its way. Yes. The Boss Baby, Family Business. It's, it's scheduled oh. for release oh, in March. tells me there's twins or something going to happen. There August, might be. Yeah. There might be, yeah. We'll have to wait until March <laughs> for when it's meant to go. But if you were looking for a bit more Boss Baby, there is a net Netflix TV series, The Boss Baby, Back in Business. It premiered back in 2018. Um, although Alec Baldwin isn't, isn't voicing the character, unfortunately, on the TV series. But uh, you can find Still your fix there. I'm going to check that out. I want to yeah. get involved in the Boss Baby cinematic universe. That's <laughs> fantastic. Um, well, kind of, you know, keeping with the baby team and the baby, I suppose, is quite an important character in, you know, moving into the action genre with myself. And um, <laughs> you say that, but do you not action. really think you need to be that, you need to you know have your wits do, about you right because you do, do you not really think that you've got the really hardest job tonight just in general managing you yeah well, no, well that too <laughs> but we've got he's got comedy that's grand there's lots of comedies about babies i've got horror there's lots of horror things about babies yeah. not to spoil what i'm going to be talking about but action movies about babies not so much mm. no right um but you know i'm gonna sort of this is like one that's definitely in the middle and i think we can kind of you know the coen brothers they kind of try to be uh mixing genre yep <laughs> quite yep. a bit um so this is why maybe raising arizona although a comedy mm. is quite action-packed as well so it is nice it segue. is action-packed yeah. it is action-packed so for people who haven't seen this this is the coen brothers uh pretty classic coen brothers as well and Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter are the uh, main stars in this. And you have John Goodman in there as well. I suppose Co- a Coen Brothers staple, I suppose, um, in the mix as well. So, oh, and of course, uh, Francis McDormand plays a great character in this as well. Um, so Nicolas Cage plays Herbert or High, and uh, Holly Hunter is Edwina or Ed. And uh, they meet in really um, a very unconventional way. <laughs> uh, basically, High is a convenience store robber and uh, Ed is a police officer and they meet when she's booking him for robbing one of his stores or whatever and um, High learns that Ed's fiance has in fact left her. So High proposes to her after his latest release from prison and um, they move into a mobile home in a desert, not the ideal location for what these two are going to plan to do, okay? Come on now, a mobile home in a desert, it's no place to be raising a child, but anyway. Uh, so Hi gets a job in a machine shop and they want to have children, but her Ed is infertile and they can't adopt because of, you know, Hi's checkered past. So uh, she, Ed quits her job. Uh, she's quite devastated over this whole thing. And they decide, do you know what? We should rob, we should kidnap a baby. And uh, you have the Arizona Quints, as they're known. And uh, so this quintuplet sons of um, a billionaire uh, guy he's a furniture magnate um, and uh, they decide you know they're they're so envious of this couple that have five babies that they're like listen they've got more than they can handle you know let's rob one let's kidnap one so this is what they do and all manner of shenanigans ensues basically um, so you have stuff like uh, <laughs> they you know have to instead of like you know just worrying about things like you know making the bottles the lack of sleep uh cleaning nappies all that sort of stuff they have to contend with 
Pi's boss, who turns out to be a swinger, his ex-jailmates, who lure him back to a life of crime, and an apocalyptic hell's angel on a bike. You know, <laughs> this is what they have to... So really, changing nappies should be a doddle for these two. So this is kind of what happens in, in the midst of all of this. Um, in, in true Coen Brothers style, it's got that very kind of... Uh, it is upbeat, even though lots of stuff go wrong. Uh, it's kind of got that little bit of a dark undercurrent kind of uh, going through it as well. Um, and you got some great uh, chemistry between Nicolas Cage, of course, and, and Holly Hunter. It's a really good thrill ride. And it's really a good example of how some people just really shouldn't be parents. <laughs> it's uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> that's a great pick it's a great movie I'm not sure if I got the same message as you from it <laughs> I don't know I think what I took from it was that anyone can be parents well, once you have great love in your heart you can be a parent be, <laughs> you know once you sure are a that. loving well, couple yeah. Then absolutely in a trailer, maybe maybe don't maybe don't pass. kidnap them yeah yeah, maybe don't kidnap them. But okay, uh, so it's been a few years since I've seen it as well. But I just remember it being really hilarious yeah. and a great movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. It, it is, is one of those movies that comes up and you go, "I why am I watching a terrible thing on TV? I should be watching a film like Raising Arizona, which is great." It is great. It absolutely is great. And I suppose you could say that maybe Holly Hunter should just raise the child on her own. I think she's probably the most... What? Yeah, no, seriously. I think that no. child needs the influence of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Robin, yeah. Robin Hoppies and all sorts of stuff. That it's, is great great that well. is, it's great that his name is... Well, his initials are high, high and he's called yeah. high because he looks yeah. incredibly high the whole way through this movie. <laughs> now, again, I'm going to dip into the real world here and say it's not the journey of every prospective father that they are on a learning curve well that's very true i know that the mother's the mother's learning curve is much more severe mm. because they have to deal with the whole physical aspect of giving birth but the father as well doesn't can't relate to that you know so i think hoy is also on that journey you know yeah. he's he, he doesn't really know what to do what his role is he can't really help holly hunter in that in that situation well he does kidnap so. the child do you know? he does because <laughs> yeah. he wants to be proactive he wants to help yes so. and actually do you know what let's have that clip all right which one you get i don't know nathan jr i think give me here here's the instructions oh he's beautiful yeah he's awful damn good i think i got the best one i bet they were all beautiful all babies are beautiful this one's awful damn good, though. Don't you cuss around him. He's fine, he is. I think it's Nathan Jr. We are doing the right thing, aren't we, Hi? I mean, they had more than they could handle. Well, now, honey, we've been over this and over this, and there's what's right, and there's what's right, and never the twain shall meet. But don't you think his mama will be upset? I mean, overly? Well, of course she'll be upset, sugar, but she'll get over it. She's got four little babies almost as good as this one. It's like when I was robbing convenience store. <laughs> I love him so much. I know you do, honey. I love him so much. I know you do. It's absolutely a laugh a minute. It's, you know, typical if you're a fan of particularly early Coen Brothers, because this was pretty much after Blood Simple. 
um and it was they wanted to do something that was so vastly different from yeah. uh blood simple mm. and they think they absolutely but it ha- it, well. it does have stuff in common with blood simple it, it's got the kidnapping plot mm. and things like that so you can see a through line there Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, I think the baby is up there on the cute meter that I have. <laughs> uh, Which got... one? There's several babies, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> all of the quints, just all of them. Okay. Um, they're just, yeah, they're, they're, they're really good. Um, okay, so my next one is an absolute cheat, okay? But technically, <laughs> it's an action movie about baby. Okay. okay. His name is Baby and he drives. Is oh. it Baby Driver? <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're right, that is a cheat. That is a massive cheat. Now, there were many movies you could have chosen for action movies about babies. Okay. You could have gone for a hard-boiled, the John Woo movie, a baby features predominantly in there, Shoot 'em Up starring Clive Owen, uh, you know, and uh, Paul Giamatti, that's in there. You could have chosen that, but you went for just a very tangential... I'm sorry, where were all your suggestions when I was... Uh, I think I WhatsApped them to you, I think... <laughs> You could have all also went for American Hercules, the Babe Ruth story, <laughs> which is about the uh, you know the baseball player. Yeah. Well, I've gone with this right because Baby is a young man <laughs> that drives. His name is Baby. We don't really know why his name is Baby. I don't think. But anyway, uh, he is a guy that uh, creates remixes of his life. So he records uh, conversations around him, sort of thing, and he mixes them in with an uh, on an old fashioned. Uh, mini cassette recorder and then he mixes them to to songs uh which is fantastic and the opening of this um i think it's such a one of those really kind of stylized slick movies and i love the opening of it because he's sitting there in the car he's a getaway driver he's been hired for a job and he remix or his the, the whole opening is uh him listening to this really kind of crazy blues track and all of the beats and sounds and noises of the robbery from the car door the seatbelt the squealing all of that is timed perfectly to the to the blues track and it's just fantastic and so so stylized so essentially um baby is a getaway driver as i said and he is it's kind of a robbery syndicate let's say uh managed by really horrible kevin spacey uh he plays this character called doc um, so he organizes the crime, hires three criminals and puts mm. them in Baby's car. Uh, now, Baby is unreal behind the wheel. That guy can really, really drive. Um, but after a car accident as a kid left him with uh, tinnitus, he spends the vast majority of his time with earbuds in his uh, ears, listening to various uh, different uh, incredibly great songs. So really, the, the soundtrack for this is, is kind of unreal. Um, and... Yeah, there's no babies, as in the so. traditional sense. <laughs> but I just, I got to have it in there. It's a great movie. It's it's one of those ones that surprised me. Um, you know, and I think it is it is a lot of style, uh, but the plot is quite good as well. You know, you have the fact that Baby doesn't really want to be embroiled in this, you know, life of crime. He's trying to pay off a debt to Doc, and he's working really hard to do that. Um and then you have the love interest thrown into the mix as well. And Baby just kind of wants a different life for himself. And all of that is peppered with this, you know, flashback to trauma that he's experienced uh, as a child and uh, with, his, with, his, with his kids or with his parents. Um, and for me, I, yeah, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought, you know, we're talking about action movies and I think I'll just throw that in there. Babies. Nice little, 
you know, yeah. you just casual just, throw it in. Oh, you know, right. Okay. It's, one of, um, it's one of Edgar Wright's yes, movies. Yes, it is. Which, That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one I've, I haven't seen, I've seen obviously his Cornetto trilogy, which is Hot Fuzz and The World's End and Shaun of the Dead. And I saw Scott Pilgrim versus The World. And I have a feeling it's probably closer to Scott Pilgrim versus yeah. The World, but more action than comedy. Is that right? Oh yeah, it's. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's comedy. It's really stylized mm. action, um, and mm. you know, you definitely. I think you really like it, actually, Ross, because it's got like, like again, the kind of the soundtrack really is is quite an important yeah. aspect and he, of it. Edgar Wright, I think, as well said that he directed it. He thought about the playlist first. Yes. Oh right, and then yeah, yeah basically around. Um, that, yeah. but it's oh. one of those ones like it's a solid kind of three star one, I would say. And, yeah. Right. You know, you've got you've got some good performances in there and some kick ass stunt driving scenes. <laughs> yeah. I'm dirty I'm dancing. Not as bitten. <laughs> Sorry, I just have another. I just have another baby. It's not an action not movie per se. No, no one puts no, a no one puts baby in the corner. Sorry. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm not as big a fan as Sinead of this film. I saw it when it came out. It does have fantastic stunt driving, a great cast, except for, and this is the problem for me, Ansel Elgort as the as the baby driver, and he is the the character that I should really be rooting for, and you know he should be my proxy. But I did not like him. I don't like him as an actor. So I often take dislikes to many yeah. many actors like Nicholas Holt and in this case Hansel Elgort but uh, yeah no, I so he, I, I don't think, think it's up there with, with Edgar Wright's best stuff oh no I, do, I don't think it's up there with his best stuff no but I think it's a solid one to have in his uh, in his repertoire let's say but um, and one that would be so much better with a different actor in the oh, league oh but role. who are you going to get that's going to be so baby faced and oh and well, so no, kind you of, get a baby. Sure. My job is not Hollywood casting, but I would have. It's more Hollywood casting. I got someone yeah. except for him. I just well, thought he I was think terrible. He brings a certain, you know, sadness to the role as well. And he's kind oh. of supposed to be that kind of, okay. you know, at the start, he's going to be, he, he's very much like, oh, I'm the guy that drives the car. That's it. And yeah. then you yeah. kind Stoic, of uncover yeah. the layers. So, such. Yeah. So that that's the easy bit when you just have to sit there, drive the car, do nothing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just think, I think I, I'm I probably think... not the demographic for him. No, you're not really, no. but uh, yeah. No, I I thought he was solid. I thought he was solid, man. To be honest, okay. um, but I'd yes, say a low three star, low three star. That was still a three star. That seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think now it's a good time to really get into reality, right? You know, because <laughs> when, you, when you have a baby, right, your entire world really falls about you. You know, mm. um, life as you know it is not the same and you can never there's no point pining for it okay so really i think my next pick is quite uh, appropriate for this you know um so i am talking about 2006's extremely grim children of men uh, <laughs> okay this is uh clive owen stars in this and uh, julian moore is in there as well and um it's uh, directed by alfonso curan is it Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and it's based on a novel by uh, P.D. James and kind of like um, say movies like Metropolis uh, it's very much about the visual uh, and the world that's created here so you know as well as the plot you know um, so basically it's um, set 
in a very dystopian uh, world. It's set in 2027. Not that oh. far into the future. Yeah. We're <laughs> getting up there. Getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, a few natural disasters, wars, and terrorist acts have rendered most of the world pretty lawless and uninhabitable. Britain um, stands kind of as having relative order that's held in line by pretty fearsome uh, policed <laughs> state. But it's been 18 years since Earth has seen the birth of a human child, which is quite a unique mm. idea, I think, yeah. as, a, as a plot point, you know. Mm. Um, and so London is in ruins, uh, all of that. And actually, I have to just mention as well that the art and set design and everything on this are done Fantastic. so, yeah. so well. Yeah. It's incredible looking, this dystopian London. Um, uh, but basically, yeah, there's uh, you've got things like um, abandoned warehouses, uh, hovels. Immigrants are rounded up and put in cages. There's very little, you know, electricity, that kind of thing. Power. It's very much a post-Brexit, post-Brexit <laughs> London. There's so much, and, you know, maybe we'll talk about it when, when Sinead finishes, uh, but there's so much about this film that just seems so prescient yes. from when it was made. Yes. I, I would say don't watch this now. Because <laughs> um, uh, you so can no see it children. outside the window. Yeah, there's no children. You know, it's it's just, it's so, so grim. So it, the film opens with TV news reports that the world's youngest person has actually been stabbed to death in Buenos Aires uh, because he declined to give an autograph. Excuse me. So Clive Owen's character, he plays Theo and um, he's watching the news in a cafe and it's just such an amazing opening because you're not really expecting it even yeah. though there's so much kind of um, going on outside the, the cafe in terms of how London looks and all that. But basically a bomb destroys, uh, he leaves the cafe and a bomb destroys it moments later. And you're just like, what the fuck? You're like, you're in mm. this world straight away. And what I loved about the character is he, whilst he is brave and all of that, he's very much an ordinary man that has been thrust into this horrendous situation. He is afraid constantly, you know, mm. you can see the real fear of death in him in every single shot in this, you know, um, so he uh, basically then what happens is he comes in contact with Julian Taylor, who's played by Julianne Moore. And uh, she is basically kind of part of this rebel uh, group who are like rebelling against the government or whatever else. And um, they have a girl in uh, their uh, custody, I suppose, called Key. Um, and they need... Uh, Theo to smuggle her out of the country because um, he used to kind of work in, uh, he has influence to get her tra His connections, travel papers yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. Um, so they're trying to get her to this rumoured safe haven and they say that she's the key to the future. Um, and the film then involves this very perilous journey towards the coast which uh, Theo and Key undertake with Julian initially and her associates, um, one of whom is a nurse. And along the way, they're pursued by Homeland Security. Um, there's a chase scene with a really sudden, violent moment again. Not going to tell you what it is, but you will. It's it's going to really, you're not expecting it. And you're kind of going, oh, my God, it's quite, you know, sudden and, and very, very violent and quite difficult to watch, I think, as well. Um, but uh, what I love about this is the movie never tells you why children stopped being born or why or how it may be possible to be fertile again kind of thing, um, which I really, really liked. And I thought that was a great plot decision. And I think it would have um, 
been very flawed if the movie had given you a kind of really you know decisive outcome at the end and um, it's very much about the struggle that of what they're going through um and i also kind of see and again i'm not going to spoil it but i also see the climax as being very open-ended as mm. to what may or may not happen so i'm just going to leave it at that because i think if people haven't seen this it's a oh, really it's good one to be surprised it's, it's, by yeah. and yeah yeah um, the less you know going in the, yeah the absolutely more you'll enjoy it. The, the more you'll enjoy it but um uh, i think this idea that mankind could be wiped out we and not being able to repopulate is probably you know one of our, like it's up there as a top fear that mm. you know we would have collectively uh, you know this idea of us being wiped out and what yep. would roam the earth in our place kind of thing you know um so yeah it's 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 really good so so grim and <laughs> maybe now uh, particularly with everything we've just gone through in uh, 2020 it may not be <laughs> the movie to kind of to kind of go through but um you you guys have both seen it obviously yes yeah yeah, yeah. and it's a great movie it really everybody should see it i think it's beautiful shot beautifully shot as well as you said there. there there is a particular one particular scene that just absolutely blew my mind the first time i saw it they they use several kind of lengthy single shot sequences yes but um, the longest of these is a great scene in which he, well, not to give a spoiler alert, by the way. That's just the in, scene I'm talking about that I said was really violent and stuff. The chase scene. Yeah. So yes. don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Yeah, I won't spoil it. But just the, the, the you know, the amount of work that went into that. Mm. It looks mm. incredible. Um, the, I, I remember watching um, a video about the making of that scene and the amount of work they put into that um, that sequence I, I think the sequence itself it's a it's like f- four or five minutes something like that unbroken um, you know which is just incredible but the, the, the amount of work that went into it it's just yeah. a joy to watch you know an obvious obvious uh, love of filmmaking on yeah. screen by um, shown there by Alfonso Cuaron just absolutely yeah. incredible filmmaking and it's great to see an example of it in a movie um, as good as Children of Men yeah it's it's a really good like you say example of, of uh, the future if you like yeah. <laughs> um, that we're living in now <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I'm surprised we don't see more from uh, from uh, uh, Clive Owen because he's fantastic yes. in this film, and he really this film is the movie I think that made me go. This guy's a guy to watch. Mm. I had seen him; he has worked consistently from kind of starting off on British TV up till then, and he just doesn't seem to have kind of burst forth on the the movie making scene that he should have uh, from his performance in this film. Yeah, I mean, I loved him as well in Sin City. Yeah. Um, I thought he mm. played a really great uh, character in that as well. And he can play the really dark kind of mm. uh, character as well. Like, I mean, I, you know, he's also uh, in The Born Identity, the first That's Born right. Identity. That's right, yeah, and yeah. Again, it's kind of a sideline part, but he's very small great, part, he's great but in it. yeah, magnetic, yeah, yeah, he really yeah. is. I'd like to, Clive Owen, if you listen, Clive Owen, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> two hours, I remember more. closer, he was kind of great because, as you said, he's mm. kind of he's no problem playing kind of a CD or there's definitely something like, yeah, off about him, or you know, he doesn't mind playing a character that isn't exactly virtuous and stuff. And you know, Inside Man as well from 2006, that was a yes. brilliant movie. That he was oh, playing. that's brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. We have to do, we have to Forgot do a Clive Let's do a Clive Owen extravaganza. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so just I met him actually. What? What? 
I met him, yeah. Why is because he on this I, podcast? Because I studied... <laughs> uh, he doesn't rec- return my calls. Oh, okay. I studied in Manchester. Another one that doesn't, and, does it? Yeah. yeah uh, studied in Manchester and I was working like a lot of part-time jobs in a bar and he came in and it was a promotional event. So, yeah. And so cool. this was back early in the time when... Uh, before he would have been in any of these movies... So I remembered him from a TV show called Chancer, which you'd both be too young to remember. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there we go. I met wow. him. And was he like cool? Was he nice? Yeah, he said, can I have a beer? I said, yes. So, oh, wow. wow. You <laughs> bought so him a beer? Like, no, I was working behind the bar. Ah, okay, I gave okay, him okay. a beer. <laughs> Quick oh, question for you guys. Uh, yeah? Clive Owen, what age do you think he is? Oh, Oh, you have to hazard be a guess. older than me, so... Uh, 48. 50? No, he'd be older. He'd be 50-something. 50 56. What? Oh, yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a good oh, bit older than I expected. He's looking well. Yeah. He's looking so well. we are talking about Clive Owen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which is besides the point. <laughs> Which, no, just to summarise <laughs> yeah. this, right? So my picks, right, could be a summary of the emotional states you go through when you, you know, with this okay. whole pregnancy, discovering you're having a child thing. So... You know, like in Raising Arizona, you're so desperate to have one and you think you will do anything to have one. And then you realize that you can't live the same way you used to, as High does. So his life of crime ain't going to work out. Once that realization sinks in, it all becomes a bit of an emotional roller coaster that you try to escape. Uh, you know, kind of like Baby does in Baby Driver through his music. You think, I'll just block out the sound. And you think someday you'll be free as well, like Baby thinks he's going to be. But there turns out to be a big fat lie. You're never free. And then once you accept life is never going to be the same, you're like Clive Owen's character in Children of Men. It's all just gone to pot. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I have nothing more to add. Good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> You've tied that... all of the movies about babies up there. <laughs> I think that you, though, this is when it gets really dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right, yes. Well, I'm I'm I thought I had the easiest job, but you've both done a really good job this evening talking about comedies and action movies. Uh because I was tasked with talking about horror movies about pregnancy. And these date back I think further than both of your picks. Um and back all the way really to the 1960s. So there was a whole a slew of pregnancy horror films really that came out in the 60s um i'm going to talk about probably the most famous one as one of my my picks uh but this could be attributed to the fact that there was a, something called the motion picture production code and that meant that you could not show any images of childbirth or reproduction um and this kind of led to a slew if you like of um uh, what i would call movies that um, spoke about it but didn't speak about it so you've got a lot of uh, invasion movies invasion of the body snatchers you got horror films that feature pregnancy but in a very oblique way you know you've got the trauma associated with childbirth and the anxiety about health and the the, the fears that the mother uh, about the mother's health and the, the child's health um, and stuff like that but they're all uh, uh, um, they're all addressed in a very sideways way. Um, I, I have, as I often do, some honourable mentions, and I can hear you rolling your eyes now. <laughs> <laughs> but I will fly through them. Um, 
I'm not going to talk about the the elephant in the room, which people will know, because you can't talk about horror movies about pregnancy without talking about this film. But I will just maybe very briefly talk about some other movies that people might want to see if they can find, um, which are in the same genre. So there is a 1974 film called The Stranger Within, which is a, a made-for-TV horror film. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it is written by Richard Matheson, who wrote I Am Legend, very oh. famous uh, writer. And mm. it is about, um, uh, well, like all these movies, it's about a, a, a woman who becomes pregnant and things go horrifically wrong. It's got more of a sci-fi element to it than a horror element. But um, it is worth watching if you, if you can find it. Very hard to find. Um, a Razor Head from 1977. I don't know. Have either of you seen it's this? With David Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, seen I actually so I it's seen a bit of it before years ago. Right. But I, much oh, I switched it, it off. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and it is about a guy who's got a very unusual haircut who's left alone <laughs> to care for his his newly born baby. Except the baby happens to be a lizard creature. But yes. it does involve <laughs> right. some of this fear, if you like. And we've taught we will talk a lot I think when I get to speak which I'm speaking now but we will talk a lot about you know the fear that a woman will go through um, with the prospect of pregnancy but also that a prospective father will go through too mm. um, and a raise your head touches a little bit on that there's a ah, that's 90s... what that about. <laughs> <laughs> it's about many things like all of David Lynch's yeah. movie it's about many things um, there's a movie again from that same year called Demon Seed it's another sci-fi movie which is about a it's a it's like a smart house right it's about a computer genius who designs a smart house and the smart house falls in love with the computer genius's wife okay. and then decides he's going to impregnate it mm. but it's honestly if you like genre movies go and see it the smart house is voiced by the great robert culp no longer with us fantastic but um it is. It's a unsettling, but it's a good. It's a good watch. Uh, Nineteen seventy nine, directed by David Cronenberg, of course. Mm. The Brood, which yes. is yeah, which I'm sure like that should have made my list, but I didn't talk about it. Um, and it's about a woman who is undergoing experimental psychological treatment to address kind of trauma that she has, but at the same time there are murders going on in the in the vicinity. It's if you've not seen it and you want to see early Cronenberg, it's great. Um, to talk a little bit more, I suppose, about where do the men fit in. Uh, Alien, 1979. You will be familiar with this yes. film, Ross. Mm, of course. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So, directed by Ridley Scott, written by Dan O'Bannon. Um, and can I just say, being chased by a monster with acid for its blood is fairly terrifying. But And nobody likes being eaten alive. But hey. The, the real terror of Alien is not about that. It's about the prospect of being uh, violated and mm. forced to give unnatural birth to a, a creature that you really, you cannot relate to. So, yeah. um, it looks like a John course, Hurt. It, yeah, look, <laughs> look at John Hurt. He's not, he's not. Yeah. And look at uh, Spaceballs, his cameo in Spaceballs. Oh, if Spaceballs, you, yeah. what a film. Mm. It's great. Um, but... Uh, no discussion about horror movies about pregnancy would be complete without talking about 1968's uh, Rosemary's Baby, 
directed by uh, Roman Polanski, starring Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes. And I'm going to talk, when I talk about the movies I'm going to talk about, I'm going to tell you the tagline. The tagline for Rosemary's Baby is, it's not what you're expecting. (laughs) No, hang on, wait, I've got to get through it. It's not what you're expecting. Conceived in terror, born in fear, pray for Rosemary's Baby. So Ooh. that is the tagline for us. <laughs> so already in 1968, you've seen that on the poster. You're looking, oh, what am I in for? <laughs> so that's not a first date movie. It's no, not. It is not. <laughs> well, no. not if you ex- ex- expect a second date. <laughs> so so yeah, the but... cast, as I say, sorry, Ross. Oh, no, sorry. Go on ahead. I was just going to say features Mia Farrow, who at the time was really uh, primarily known as a soap opera actor. John Cassavetes, who's a uh, actor and indie director in his own right. Um, two character actors called Ruth Gordon and Sidney Blackmer, who are very good as the indie, not necessarily small part, but in, because Ruth Gordon won an Oscar for her part in this film as the neighbours and they are the yeah. kind of the neighbours yeah. of hell from hell if you like um, so the plot of this film if you like is um, uh, the, you've got the central couple Rosemary and her husband who move into a building called the Bramford building and her husband Guy is a uh, wannabe actor and um, she is a nice Catholic girl but once they move into this building, she begins to hear things at night and she starts to have strange dreams and things like that. And then she falls pregnant and starts to think that maybe, maybe moving into this house was or this apartment was not a good idea. Maybe the neighbours who have been friendly enough until now are not, they don't have her best interests in, at, at heart. Um, so... There's a reason, I think, why you can't talk about pregnancy horror films without talking about this. And it's because it works on so many levels. Mm. Um, We've got a supernatural thriller on on the base level, a psychological thriller about just the, not paranoia, I don't know, but the worry maybe that a pregnant woman would go through. Well, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's absolutely tapping into all of that. It's the kind of, you know, it's the fear of the unknown. It's yeah. the changes that's physically happening to you that you're trying to mentally, I suppose, wrap your head around. It's mm. the, am I ready for this? It's the, yeah, it's like, there, it, there's so much like different emotions. Like, I mean, people often think, oh, you know, isn't it great you're having a baby? But like, you know, yeah, it is, but it's also terrifying and you've mm. no control yeah. over it. Like, that's the and thing I, as well. The, la- the lack of control, I think. Is, yeah, is a big and thing. nobody wants to listen to me and Ross talk about what it's like to be a pregnant woman. What? <laughs> 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 Like there is, and from looking at these movies only, I would say there is an element that runs through them all, which is about probably about even between the female characters in these films, that it's so individual. Your own Mm. experience Mm. is going to be what your own experience is. So whether it be a neighbor or a well-wisher or a midwife or someone else coming in and going, it's going to be like this, you can... It's not, you could, you just, you're gonna, you're gonna feel the way you're gonna feel, I suppose. And so, yeah, oh, totally, one as well, totally. and Rosemary's baby as well, she's very much, 
it's kind of like as the movie goes on, she feels more and more on her own as well. Mm. Um, yes. You know, she kind of has to fend for herself. Isolation. Mm, and yeah. that, that feeling, like you say, about uh, people have been doing this from time immemorial because yeah. we wouldn't be here if they hadn't. <laughs> but the idea that it doesn't matter about that. It's, it's your experience there. And this, I think, is the first film and one of the most best known films um, that deals with that and that you can see that thread run through um like i say this whole space of movies that are about uh are about the the fears whether it be male or female or just the whole physiological changes that happen through pregnancy so um, so that is Rosemary's Baby, which is a classic. And I think just, but just before you, you finish as well, Niall, I yep. think the whole thing around the female body and, you know, the physical changes that's happening to her, like there is that, particularly back in the 60s, there yeah. is that male kind of fear of what's happening to her you know kind of Absolutely. I don't understand this and that's and it's all with, yeah. wrapped up in the female body you know yeah uh, there, I, I mean there was a huge like back there when this movie would have come out come out there would have been an idea of here's a cigar the father the prospective <laughs> yes. father yeah. go and stand in the waiting room and wait mm. you know which thankfully has changed but um we can see uh, the second movie I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about very briefly because um, I know I have a tendency to talk too much uh, is a movie from the 70s. So we've had the 60s. This is the 70s. This is It's Alive, it's called, from <laughs> 1974. And it's directed by a director who I'm very fond of, Larry Cohen. Um, and you might remember Larry Cohen if you're a listener to our regular radio segment, uh, Real Reviews. Because we talked about his movie, The Stuff, on there. Oh, we did, and, yes. Yeah, Larry Cohen is one of my... I really like him because he will take uh, what I would call schlocky B-movie subject matter and treat it like it is Shakespeare. Yeah. He will do a really good job on this. The tagline for this one, do you want to hear it? Yeah. There's one thing wrong with the Davies baby. It's alive! <laughs> you know, I was about to say it's alive itself sounds like a tagline to it's a movie. It's a good yeah. enough tagline. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is about, um, uh, written and produced, as I say, by Larry Cohen. Uh, it's about a young couple, and it's their second baby. So they they um, they have are having their second child, and he turns out to be a vicious mutant too. <laughs> Well, do you know what? The, the, the second child's always different. It's always it's always a hard <laughs> child. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So we have Frank and da Frank Davis and his wife Lenore. They're expecting their second baby. Uh, he's a successful public relations consultant. Um, she's a stay-at-home mother. Um, they uh, avoided having their first child for several years because you know she was doing her own thing, whatever. Um, and when they go to have their second baby, um, it turns out that it is a monstrously deformed with fangs and claws. And as soon as it is born, it kills the doctors and the nurses in the delivery room, flees through the skylight and escapes into the underground of the Los Angeles uh, subway or the whatever it is, the, the oh, sewer like the, system. The gators like. in the sewer sort of. Yeah, thing. basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, this movie is 
it's great fun. It's maybe, but I I think it probably has as much to say as Rosemary's Baby about the, the fears that <laughs> just says that, it in a different way. <laughs> it does say it in a different way. Um, it has gotten a a cult following from its release. It didn't do too well, and if you look at the poster, it's got that. As you say, Ross, it's alive in big letters yeah. and a picture of a, a pram that you can kind of see what's in there. And then you go and see it. And I, I'll be honest with you, I expected this to be a a real uh, schlocky kind of 80s. You know, we're going to from from my description, you would think that it, it would be really low budget, really kind of low rent. But what we actually get here is a real exploration of parenthood. So you've got, you've <laughs> got the two surprising. parents. Well, I tell you, you've got to watch it's it. because problem child to a whole new life. Yeah. That's all I'll say. The, these two actors are given the task of, you know, dealing with the fact that what would you do if your child was born and then had fangs and escaped <laughs> through a skylight into the, the sewer system. And, but you still love it. You still have an attachment to it because it came from, from you. That's so, how my parents feel about my brother, you know. <laughs> oh, <right>. Okay. <laughs> and uh, finally, I would like to talk about Prevenge, the most recent of my picks from 2016, directed by Alice Lowe, who also stars in it. And the tagline for this is Killing for Two, which is really good. And... If you've seen the poster for this, it is Alice Lowe, as I say, who also stars. And she's doing kind of Demi Moore. Remember the Demi Moore pose? Oh, yes. She's kind of, of cradling uh, her. Family, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she's doing that. She's fully clothed, but she, she's doing that. And it's just very simple, I think. Um, and it is really good. This is more, I suppose, in the comedic vein. So Ross could have spoken about this if he wanted. It's all but it full is, circle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is very gory as well. And Alice Lowe, um, you will have, I think everybody, all three of us will have seen her in something. Because you know her in Garrett Morangi's Dark Place. Yeah, absolutely. great TV yeah, series. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect yeah. example, yeah. And um, she has been ubiquitous, I suppose, in... Uh, UK comedy and um, a movie which I think is great called uh, Oh Sightseers from 2012, oh, yes. which is directed by Ben Wheatley. And I think this movie has a lot, lot in common with that. And um, she created this role and wrote this movie, I think, um, when she was seven months pregnant. Uh, and it, it was specifically about what we are talking about. The idea that there is this alien invader in your body. You've got all these people telling you the baby will tell you what to do. It's all right. Don't worry. You need to just let the ba just step back and let the baby take charge. But <laughs> what she does here is what happens is her partner dies in a climbing accident. We find that out through the movie um but she is heavily pregnant with his child and the fetus is compelling her to murder the people that were responsible and she like she wrote this from what i've researched she wrote this as a um a two-hand play first of all which was between her and her midwife and it is those scenes where the midwife just says the baby will let you know what's good for you 
You just need to let the baby take control. It's all right. And she was thinking, well, I don't like the baby. What the baby is telling me to do is bad. <laughs> and that's, that's so where... Funny. They do actually they do actually say that. Yeah, yeah. Lives. I mean, I'm not have, a pregnant woman. And, that's why you've uh, eating coal and stuff like that for their cravings. <laughs> yeah. Don't do sometimes what the baby's asking you to do. I think, Ross, the pregnant women just let them do what they want. That's I'm not going to stand in the way of pregnant women. No, Absolutely. Jesus, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was where the idea came from, if you like. It was spawned. And um, this movie was filmed in two weeks, and it is really good. You've seen it, Sinead, I think. No, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, have I you not? Oh, you so yeah. should. Um, nobody, and all the movies I'm talking about in the, uh, in the horror pregnancy genre, I would say to women who are expecting babies or thinking of getting pregnant, Do don't watch. watch. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be honest, I can't even anything like even with children and men, um, anything to do with a pregnant woman in peril is just a right. Thing, or like I just yeah. can't. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same. I remember watching uh, A Quiet Place, the movie yeah. from John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, and there's a scene where she's get pregnant and she's giving birth in a bath but she has to remain quiet to mm. not attract attention it's just one yeah. of the tensest scenes it does add so much uh, vulnerability maybe to yeah to, but to, also uh, she's awesome and I, it, yeah well of course it can yeah, be yeah, yeah it, it can be a i don't want to say a cheap way but it can be a an easy way for screenwriters to to signal that their characters are in peril mm. because you put a baby in peril or you put a pregnant woman in peril. It's like straight away people are kind of go, oh my God, we've got to protect them, you know. Yes. But yeah. um, prevenge, I would, or prevenge, depending on how you'd like to, to call it, <laughs> I would recommend um, because, like I say, it's it's written by somebody who knew what it was what it was like to go through and um, it is a, gr- a great film. Uh, if you liked Sightseers, which I would always recommend, I'll also recommend. Yeah. yeah, really good. Um, then you will probably like this. I think Alice Lowe is not as a, an accomplished director as Ben Wheatley is, but she did a fantastic job as somebody who was seven months pregnant, <laughs> and her her newborn baby also features in the film as the newborn baby that she she gives Andy, birth to that is yeah. Handy. yeah yeah so um you know i really would love to see her direct more and you know why somebody who owns a film studio uh give her money to give direct money, that absolutely. yeah speaking of f- featuring real babies and scenes and an irish movie we haven't mentioned um yet is the snapper you know which was written by roddy doyle um, but I remember going to see a, a stage version, a stage play of that in the Gate Theatre in Dublin. And there's a scene at the end where they come out with, with the baby. And it was a real baby, um, which I found so weird. Uh, but I suppose they're right beside the rotu- rotunda. So maybe there's a, like a, there's a, <laughs> there's a pretty healthy... Um, they have a whole, like, literally it's like a buffet of babies. Yeah, you buffet, can just go yeah. in and pick them. Yeah, but it, it was so weird. And it looked like a... It looked like a brand new baby so i was just surprised that they were first of all up at that time and also Mm. secondly on stage in the gay theater in front of a full audience i didn't Uh, see that it's a great movie actually and i i'm i forgot about it when we were talking about this uh the snapper great colomini performance and then simon delaney i think is the 
Uh, he was the, the, on, the, the on the stage and yeah. he actually you know what Colm Meany is kind of like the Dublin dad for all of Ireland but uh, Simon Delaney does a fantastic he did a fantastic job yeah. in the stage production absolutely yeah it suited him 1001 films to see before we kill you right Niall you're in the, the firing line this week what, what have you seen that's right it's a movie that I had not seen before and I literally had told you I'd seen every movie about babies ever. But I went and I watched the 1990 movie The Guardian, which is directed by William Friedkin, who people would know from, he's the director of The Exorcist, The French Connection, very good director. And this stars Jenny Seagrove and other people, Dwyer Brown, Carrie Lewell. And the tagline for this one is, Tonight... While the world sleeps, an ancient evil is about to awaken. And, uh, yeah, so this was Tesla One Films not to see before I die. Because <laughs> it's terrible. It is awful. I don't know how William Freakin, and he doesn't know himself how, because he took his name off the VHS Ooh. cover of this. <laughs> and this is this came out two years before The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, which is great a movie. great movie. Um and it is a kind of a a similar plot, if you like, but it has more of a fantasy element. Jenny Seagrove plays a uh, nanny who gets employed by this young couple to look after their newborn baby. But she turns out to be a druid who is, and as I'm saying it, <laughs> as I'm saying it, I can't I even really that. explain it. She turns out to be a druid who wants to sacrifice the baby to a cult of uh, a tree to make a tree live for for eternity. <laughs> I okay. watched it last night. I I lived to the edge I am now without seeing it, and I, I'm sorry I did. So. I'd say you would have done an awful lot with those two hours had you gotten them back. I Yeah, well, <laughs> Sam Raimi was supposed to direct it, and okay. it could have been a really fun kind of evil dead spin and maybe it was a little bit ahead of its time like i say the hand of rocks the cradle um it it had a similar kind of theme but william freakin and maybe we'll do a whole episode about him i'm very conflicted about no, him no i don't Is he like a the good... exorcist i can't cope i can't cope. okay i like the exorcist and this was really really uh publicized as from the director of The Exorcist. Um, but I'm not sure if he's good, is my my thing. Mm. I don't know if he can direct movies or not. And, you know, he does have a lot of really, really good films in his uh, in his IMDb uh, filmography, but uh, this is not one of them. Okay, so a big no-no to The Guardian. No. Okay, so I think it's time to murder a scene. It's time to murder a scene. Okay, so the scene that we have picked this week, I think, is quite appropriate. Uh, Three Men and a Baby. And it is an absolute classic from the 80s. Fantastic movie. Essentially centres on three bachelors. You know, guys who like to have a good time. Uh, men about the town. Man, men about town. That's a Carefree lifestyle. Carefree mm. lifestyle. And suddenly, they one day... 
an earth-shattering, <laughs> piercing scream <laughs> of a child outside in a basket uh, lands on their doorstep and their whole world is upended. It is little Mary who's left on the doorstep and there's a note basically saying that... Uh, or is there a note with her? I think there is a note. Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah from Who her mother, it? Sylvia, saying that she can't cope anymore and that she is uh, giving Mary to her father, uh, who is one of the, the, the guys. And... Um, Basically, all sorts of, you know, scenarios uh, happen, bringing up baby, you know, men left to take care of baby. Of course, everything's going to go wrong. I mean, it's not stereotypical at all or sexist. (laughs) 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 These men about town, they don't know what they're doing. They haven't Uh, got a clue. (laughs) They have such a fantastic apartment as well. They They have a cinema room. They have like, oh. And they've got great jobs. Isn't one an architect or something? That's right. Yeah. Yes. I will say as well. There's also an architect and an actor. actor. There's a there's a great like really subtle joke um, towards this movie in The Hangover. Um, I just remember the first time I seen that, I burst out laughing. There's a scene where they obviously wake up in The Hangover with a baby in the room. They're trying to oh, return yeah. it. So it's 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 the three lads and they're going to meet Hedda Graham, I think, who plays the stripper in it. And they're trying to return the baby. And the, the, the camera pans in and halfway through a conversation they turn around the corner and uh, Zach Galifianakis is explained to Bradley Cooper he's finishing off a sentence he goes oh you've never seen it it had Steve Gutenberg that guy from <laughs> Cheers and, and he's clearly talking about three men and a baby and about their own situation I just thought it was an excellent lovely little subtle joke to show in absolutely uh, in this scene we see Peter uh, and Michael discover this unusual package on their doorstep for the first time. So here's the actual scene from Three Men and a Baby. Pick it up. I'm not picking it up. You found it. But we gotta do something. One of us has to pick it up. Well, it's not gonna be me. kidding me Michael Michael what what get your ass out here and see what's on the doorstep this has got to be somebody's idea of a joke what is it look for yourself it's a basket with a baby in it ah no shit dearest Jack here is the fruit of our love Take good care of her. I have to go to Europe and Japan for six months. Her name is Mary. Good luck. Love, Sylvia. What are you going to do with it? Give it back to her mother, that's what. But she says she went to Europe. Well, well, we'll see about that. Do you have her phone number? Whose phone number? The, the girl's, Sylvia's. Why the hell would I have her number? I've never even heard of this chick. 
You mean you don't know who she is? No way. If I had to keep track of all of Jack's girlfriends, I'd have to have a full-time secretary. Well, what are we going to do? Hey, look, she's she's waking up. Hey, look, she's crying. Oh, no, no. This can't be happening. She's not going to start to cry now. Uh-oh. Now she's really crying. What is her problem? Maybe she's hungry. Well, what are we supposed to do? Feed her, I guess. But, but what? Soft stuff, I, I, I guess. Oh, no! I swear to God, this is unreal. Can you believe that bastard Jack? A little package, he tells me on the phone. Just put it aside till Thursday. Put it aside. Can you believe him? Really? Jack said that? Yeah. And he also said, don't tell anyone about it. Don't tell anyone at all. Oh, so he told you about this? Yeah, yeah. He told me that a package would be coming today. But he didn't say that it would be this. Boy, he's got a hell of a nerve. Just listen to the racket that she's making. What are we supposed to do? Oh, let's call Jack's mother. Well, she lives in Miami, for Christ's sake. She can't stop the baby crying from Miami. Well, just to ask her advice. No, no, he said don't tell anyone. But this is an emergency. No way, no way. You know what a pain that woman is. She'll be on the next plane here to move in with us. I can't. My voice is gone. Let's just yeah, I also yeah. think we've, like, we've gone longer than the scene on... That is the raspiest sounding baby I've ever heard <laughs> crying. That's great. It's yeah. like the baby oh from Who Framed Roger Rabbit with the yeah. cigar. Yeah, that's me. That's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We hope you've enjoyed our look at movies about birth and babies. You know, if you're not ready, you know... Birth control is an option. <laughs> Till next and, time, film fans. Well, no, before we finish, <laughs> none of us are ready for 2021. But with good friends like myself, Sinead and Ross, we can all muddle through it. Till next time, film fans. Bye. And we'll see you at the movies when they open. Bye. You have been listening to The Real Take, presented by Sinead Brassel, Ross Leahy, and Niall O'Brien. Our music was provided by actor, artist, and musician Will Guppy. You can find him on Instagram at will.guppy. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Real Take Podcast. If you would like to contact us to tell us how fantastic we are, you can reach us at The Real Take Podcast at gmail.com See you at the movies.